Cool. Welcome to another week of the Base Training Podcast. I'm here with, as usual, Will Strathdee and Mr. Stephen Winder, I, myself and Lee Carter. Um, as always, we're just going to quickly take you through where you can find us on Instagram uh, and social media and all that sort of stuff. So you can find myself at Lee Carter UK on Instagram, Twitter, not Twitter, I'm not on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and uh, what's the other one? Facebook. You can find me on there or you can contact me through lee at base.training for email. Um, Stefan, where can everyone find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Stefan underscore Winder. They can find me on Facebook, Stefan Winder Strength and Movement Coach. They can find me on LinkedIn, Stefan Winder MSC. They can email me, Stefan at base.training. William, what about you? So I'm the same as Stefan. I'm coach underscore Will underscore Strathdee on Instagram. And then I Will Strathdee LinkedIn. Will Strathdee Health and Fitness Coach, I think, on Facebook. I don't really know. And then Will at Base.Training is the email you can contact me on. Awesome stuff. And if you want to find out any more about Training, you can head to our website, www.base.training, or email us on info at base.training there's no .co.uk to that it's just base.training um, well that's out of the way new record 90 seconds <laughs> I, hate yes. when, I hate when you get on podcasts and they just go on for ages um, so we should get right into it today we're going to be talking about the conversations that you should be having with your coach at some point during the relationship um, they're important conversations uh, they aren't all of the conversations you should have. They're just four that we could think of. Um, and But there's many more, and many more will come up, and many more important ones as well. So the first one that we always start with, with a client, right from the near enough the very first moment we get on the phone with them, is why are they exercising? Why do they want to do exercise? Um, some people would say, what is your why? Uh, Simon Sinek would say, start with your why. Um, Apple sell by selling the why before they do anything else so um, it's quite important <clears throat> so Will why sh- why should people understand why they're exercising because um, ultimately that is the reason why they're going to devote time and effort to it um, and it's going to be if they understand why they're doing it that will be the reason that keeps them doing it until they achieve that or um, into a mindset where they can continue to do it for the rest of their life. Um, if you don't, you'll kind of aimlessly pod around and probably not get anywhere unless you kind of undercover the reasons as to why you you need to put time and energy into it. Yeah. It's, it's motivation at the end of the day, isn't it? Right. Yeah. You'll understand your intrinsic motivation. For those that don't know what that means, there's two types of motivation, intrinsic an extrinsic intrinsic is what comes from within and extrinsic is comes from the outside uh, sources so a gold medal at the olympics for instance would be an extrinsic goal um intrinsic goal would be i want to be happier and so on um so understanding that will said will help you keep going for a longer period of time because uh, that doesn't necessarily mean either goal is better than, or one goal is better than the other, one type of goal. Um, having a mix of both is actually 
what the research suggests to be the best. Um, but we have found that understanding the real root of why you are using exercise is uh, is really powerful in keeping someone motivated. You got any thoughts on it, Stefan? Um, yeah, just uh, like coming back to what you were saying about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. Like a lot of people think that they want an external motivation to start with um a lot of time when we speak to clients and ask them why they want to do something it's, it always starts out with and well not always that's a bit general um majority of the time it will start with an external motivation like i want to be a size 10 in like dress size or, i felt best when i was at this weight blah 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 um like trying to match those targets is external motivation and they don't last very long because um, once you reach that target, people tend to just drop off and they kind of rebound and they ha- it's kind of like a fad diet. They'll hit that target, they'll cut it off and they'll just rebound, put the weight back on and they'll get back to where the, <laughs> their initial starting point or worse. And then the target becomes, I want to be a size 10 again, whatever the target is. And it just kind of becomes this kind of cyclical cycle and there's no real progression. Um, so it's understanding why that person wants to be that certain dress size or they want that certain or they want to run a half marathon why do they want to do it because training isn't easy you know it's it's physical it's physiological stress and it's it's mental stress as well it's it's hard it's it's not easy for people and a lot of time people because they have this external goal they'll push themselves far too hard far too quickly because they just want to achieve that goal as fast as possible Whereas if you get to the deep internal root of that of that extrinsic motivation and you find the real reason, it's like I feel like I've got more body confidence or I feel, you know, a lot happier at that weight. I feel like I'm not judged as much. That's a real reason for someone to exercise and that's what like you said, inevitably is what's gonna keep someone going back and keep working hard because if you're just doing this cycle, you you're not gonna progress. Whereas if you have this thing and you know that and then once you've bought into that and you then go regularly and you have this habit you're you're just going to keep going you're going to keep getting better and you're just going to feel better for the rest of your life i'm going to quote greg mack um greg mack is a teacher of ours the mack attack um he spoke to us a lot about consulting and enrolling people and doing it well Um, and he would say find the pain and uh, I've of, often, uh, I have people ask me, is how do I find the intrinsic motivation or in, the intrinsic reason as to why I'm exercising? And again, uh, we, we would say is you've got to ask questions. They are the answer. You've got to ask questions about everything you come up to or every reason you come up with to exercise. So I want to lose weight is a reason to exercise. Okay, why do I want to lose weight? What is the reason behind that? Um, I felt better when I was X amount, okay? Do you not feel good now? No, I don't. Why don't you feel good now? Okay, because people look at me. Okay, do you not feel confident? No, I don't feel confident myself. Okay, now we're getting to the reason as to, or the real reason as to why you want to exercise. Not because you want to lose weight, you want to feel more confident about yourself. And that is going to keep you going for longer than just losing some weight. 
and once you lose that weight you're like oh, okay I'm, I'm, I'm I feel more confident now or you might not you've got to understand go, okay maybe losing weight isn't the reason I feel com uh, feel confident maybe it's a deeper on a deeper level maybe you need some therapy um, to really understand the reason that maybe that's something that's come back from childhood from your parenting I don't know or, or an incident that happened when you were kids maybe you were bullied something like that something you need to work through to understand why it is that you actually don't feel confident because um, once you lose that weight and you're like yeah I feel confident now <clears throat> you you might stop exercising there's nothing to motivate you anymore you're now just looking for the next thing um, and that tends to lead us on to is is the program right for you and understanding if that program's right for you is quite important um, we always get or when we were all working in a group facility um, my group facility <laughs> um, it a big thing that we heard was I want to have fun with my exercising um, and understanding that just for starters is important because if it's not fun and you really do need fun for whatever reason to keep you exercising then a program that focuses on long-term results might not be the best thing for you ultimately fun will probably lead to you coming back around to long-term results anyway by that time it's a we're now in rehab um <laughs> we have to rehab you out of it but it might keep you exercising for the next five, ten years, as opposed to not. If that makes sense. Um, and that kind of brings us on to the intent behind fitness and why we believe we should use fitness. Um, and we don't believe that it should be used as a fix or a temporary fix for a problem. Um, that might be the case sometimes, but ultimately we have to understand that the reason you're in that problem is because fitness wasn't a part of your life in the first place. And when we say fitness, I'm going off uh, one of Stefan's posts. By the time this goes out, it'll be a few weeks ago, um, but yesterday. Um, understanding that... Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Temporary fitness. <laughs> I've, lost, I've lost it. I've lost my train of thought. Um, I'll get it. Using fitness for a fix. Done. <laughs> it's gone. Someone take over. Um, okay. All right. So I think where you were going with that was come back. on my post yesterday. Well, a few weeks ago now. By the time you hear this, uh, I spoke about the fact that fitness is specific, uh, and it's not just a broad, general thing. It's not an all-encompassing target to meet fitness is specific to the individual um the definition of fitness is the ability to meet the demands of your environment so if you are practicing the tasks that you do on a daily basis such as sitting down standing up picking up things moving things just walking up and down stairs if you're practicing those tasks you now become fitter because fitness is specific to you and your environment so if that's your environment you now become fitter. It's not just what we see online or uh, we just had the, uh, the CrossFit the CrossFit games. It's not just, that is not fitness. That is sport. And it's, it's finding the difference between uh, improving fitness and getting better at sport yeah. is, a, is a big separator for a lot of people. 
I know where I was going to go with it now. <laughs> I, I remembered. So using fitness as a, a cheers, bud. Thanks for filling in. Um, using fitness as a fix, especially long term. I'm thinking it as a fix for a bad lifestyle. It's going to be a problem, um, as fitness generally tends to lead to looking for fun. Fun generally tends to lead for looking for fads. Um, but utilizing fitness as a fix should only be a temporary thing. Because you've got to understand that the reason you're in that problem, repeat myself a little bit, is because you had a bad lifestyle before. And that's got you into this position where you need to exercise to lose weight, to improve your heart health, to improve your bone density, to get you out of pain. When if you had an active lifestyle, you most likely wouldn't be experiencing those things. So you wouldn't need exercise as we now know it in a gym for 60 to 90 minutes three times a week if you had a a, a job where you were let's say a manual task a manual job and you had a decent i'm going to choose scaffolding or builder pretty manual job adding a decent nutrition plan on on top of that you don't need to exercise you don't need to go to the gym anymore because you're lifting you're um carrying you're doing doing that all day at a really sustainable pace because if you don't do it at a sustainable pace you can't work it's simple and you don't get the job done you don't get paid and as i said if you add in a decent nutrition plan on top of that or a decent diet then you don't need to go to the gym you don't need to have a diet plan you don't need to you don't need a coach you have a decent lifestyle if you manage stress and you sleep well and you do all the basic lifestyle guidelines on top of that you should never need a gym in a day for a day in your life However, if you want to um, improve your ability to work, then maybe, yes, you can use, an, use um, exercise as a tool to help you do that. But it's not a fix. If your work is suffering, i.e. it's just not good enough, and you start to use exercise to improve your work, then it's a fix because there's something missing in your basic lifestyle that's not allowing you to work to what we would deem as a high capacity. So when we talk about it leading to fun, <clears throat> we have to understand, and this is one of Will's points as we discuss this offline, the difference between fun and enjoyment. So Will, did you want to dig into that a little bit? Um, I'll try to. I'm probably <laughs> just kind of waffling and passing on to one of you. Um, so it's quite hard to kind of draw a line and say where the difference between each one is. Like for most people, fun things are enjoyable and enjoyment is fun. Um, but when it comes to training and exercise and let's call it your lifestyle plan, effectively, um, it's not always going to be fun. There's going to be times where you're doing things that aren't fun. You're stuck by yourself for 90 minutes doing a uh, long, slow aerobic workout or you're doing exercises that like, effectively hurt at the time, but they're damaging your body to make it better. And that isn't fun. Um, and there'll probably be times where you probably think about giving up. But this is where it comes to, if you understand your why um, and you realise that all these things that you're doing that aren't the fun at the time will get you to where you want to be. You start to enjoy, enjoy it and you enjoy the process that you're going through to basically get better so it's not always fun but there's enjoyment through the process because you understand that 
you're moving closer to your why and by the end of it you hope that you and your coach are getting to a point where you are healthier stronger fitter whatever it is for you um, and that is why fun doesn't necessarily mean enjoyment because if you're doing now you're going to a hit class with your friends that's probably going to be more fun but it's probably not going to be too um, in line with your goals by the end of it so fun doesn't necessarily mean enjoyment because enjoyment generally comes from reaching your why yeah. I found from a physiological perspective when people tend to <coughs> seek out fun they that that's great at the start and as I said if that keeps someone exercising for a period of time then awesome that like crack on and continue to do that because you will see benefits from it especially in the short term um, however in the long term when you've now got a little bit fitter and you're now able to use hit as a as an example of this because it shows it up really well is that when you're able to actually express some of that intensity you you haven't built the base of, of support to recover from it so you express it you can't recover and then you try and express it again maybe you do but maybe you are able to express it like two three times in a row and then you cut but you can't recover from it you're just digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper into a, a sloppy foundation and eventually you find something and that finding something is an injury it's a niggling pain or it's a lifestyle factor it's um uh, high fluctuations in your mood um all uh, it's for for females a lot of time cessation in the menstrual cycle um for men it's a lot of depression see that um coming just using it as a as a cover for it and when that starts to happen we tend to link that to the exercise program and it not being fun anymore because you're not getting the results you want and you're not enjoying it because it's really getting hard because you can express it so you look for the next thing that's fun and generally the next thing that's fun is a new fad or a new style of training that someone has regurgitated and taken stuff out of to make it quite simple the ironic thing is that simplicity increases intensity so that when you make it more simple it gets harder and harder and you just and the only way to make it more fun is just to go harder and ultimately that's digging you deeper into the hole that you started digging at the start and and that's why i said earlier that when someone eventually comes back round to this idea of long-term consistency um we're now in this phase of rehab where we have to rehab someone out of the again from a physiological response the dopamine response that they were chasing after and uh, the subsequent cortisol and adrenaline elevated cortisol and adrenaline levels that tend to lead to body fat storage and uh, decreases in bone density uh, bone mineral density and emotional issues uh, and relationship issues all of these sort of things can be fixed just by taking a step back and just taking it slightly slower you don't need to come away from the high intensity model you can utilize that at specific periods of time if you aren't ready for it and you can't recover from it when you are actually able to express it you're just going to be in a problem and as we said generally fun tends to lead to fad and we all know when we talk about fad diets if you saw you talk to anyone would you go on a fad diet they were like, yeah, but it won't work for long term, will it? They, every, everyone knows that now. Yet when it comes to exercise, 
yeah, crack on. Let's go for the fad. Let's go for fun all the time. Uh, and we're now starting to see the outcome of the CrossFit world, where we're getting elite level CrossFitters. That have, so for those that don't know, we don't bash on CrossFit. We used to love it. Um, we, I, I still love the sport of it, but I don't agree with its model for health. Um, when, what, 10 years ago, they were saying that the fitter you are, the healthier you are. And to a point, yes, that's true. But you go beyond that and you start moving into sport performance, especially without the base support, which most people are doing in CrossFit gyms. They're moving away from it being about health to it moving into this idea of, I want to do a competition. And you're now moving into the sport of things. And I'm going to use rugby as an example. With rugby, yeah, you can jump in a rugby game, play out on the wing, have a load of fun, maybe put one or two tackles in, maybe get tackled once or twice and be completely fine. However, once you start moving up the levels and maybe your team does really well and now you're getting hit 10, 15 times a game and now you're having to tackle more and you're having to run more and you're having to work harder without that base of support of skill level and um, fitness, you're going to get hurt and you're going to fall behind. You, it might be that you get subbed that game and you don't play the next game. And eventually you get dropped down the, the teams and eventually they don't play you at all. Um, but that is what's happening in fitness. Like people go, oh, I want to compete. Cool, that's sort of a worthy goal. Crack on, but you have to understand now that you're now chasing after performance and not health. And the risk of injury has now gone up. And if they understand that and they understand why they're doing it because they just want to challenge themselves then crack on and you understand the risks and reasons that's, that's perfectly fine by me um, but that person has to understand it um, and as I said like fun, that fun just leads to fad and more fad and more fitness and we're getting, especially in Cambridge loads of really uh, uh, educated people will just jump into a fad without doing the research and they understand it right. generally cures in medicine don't come about by um, just walking in one day and going cool cancer fixed it no you do your research don't you it takes years and years and years before you can and trial and error before you can um, fix these problems to kind of go back to the fun versus enjoyment thing um, if you're seeking out fun that's fine, but there's probably there's some aspect of your life that isn't fun for you. Mm-hmm. But you're you're probably lacking fulfilment elsewhere. But you you go to the dentist not because it's fun, but because having healthy teeth is enjoyable in the long term. And that is, it should be the same with exercise. You shouldn't be seeking out exercise just for fun. You should be seeking out exercise because the results are enjoyable in the long term. Um, yes, it can become fun, but if you're seeking out something fun then you kind of have to identify what in your life isn't fulfilling you it could be that you have a an eight to six job it's pretty boring it doesn't allow you to spend as much time with your family as you want so you go to the gym for fun or sacrifice the time you're going to go spend at the gym spend with your family probably a lot more fulfilling a lot more fun in the end identify what isn't fulfilling you that's probably your reason as to why you want more fun yeah and again, I think in the short term, if that's all you can do to increase the fulfilment of your life, then 
crack on, but you, but you have to be working on the real reason. Um, if you can't do anything about it, then you just have to accept it. Like, and you have, just have to get on with it and you have to understand that your ceiling for improvement in a lot of areas of your life has now lowered. Um, and if, if you're okay with that, then fine, crack on. But what I know I as a coach like to do is just to make sure that the client understands that and that we are both on the same level. Because if, especially in a coaching relationship, if we go in at different levels, I, I think the coaching relationship is this or X and you think it's Y, then eventually there's going to be a crossed path somewhere and crossed wires where um, you start, or the client starts saying, oh, the program's not fun anymore. Okay, well, why was it fun before? Maybe because we understood each other and I know the way we combat that is by having regular catch-ups and regular conversations with our clients. Um, that's not always around exercise. It is about lifestyle. It is about how they enjoy their job. How's that going? How's the family life? How's social life? How's the nutrition? How's the sleep? Because that's going to have a big effect on their why. And I know in the past, um, I can think of a client that you had, Will, that was essentially had like an eight to seven job in town and then was coming to the gym for exercise because they wanted to spend, they wanted to be healthier to spend more time with their family. But actually, they were spending less time with their family and they re eventually realised that, so they stopped exercising as opposed to fix the real reason why they're not spending time with their family in the short, in the shorter term. Because um, I did someone say to me the other day that it's, we spend all our time wishing we could sp spend more time with our friends and family and by the time you actually get the chance to do it, you can't because someone's passed away or someone's moved away or whatever it is. So it's uh, you need to understand those reasons and then fix them if necessary as soon as possible because that will change your ultimate intent behind the reason you exercise or the ability to exercise. And you'll, you'll have much more fulfilling life for it, in my view. Um, so, yeah. Nail on the head on that one. <laughs> Consistency then. We've alluded to it and doing things consistent, consistently for the long term. Why does it matter, Stefan? Why should it matter to a client? Uh, <clears throat> it should matter because um, if you're not being consistent, then you're not going to see any progress. Um, regardless of what it is, like if you're not taking exercise out of the equation, um, if you're not turning up your job every day when required, and you're you're not able to get your tasks done in the day, if you're not able to get your tasks done in the day, you're not fulfilling your job role. If you're not fulfilling your job role, you're likely going to get fired. So say, bring that back to exercise. Exactly the same. If you're not turning up, and you're not doing the tasks that are set out for you to help you meet your specific fitness requirements. So if that's a manual labor job or if that's a, if that's a desk bound job, if you're not going to the gym, being specific in your fitness, in your exercise to reach your specific level of fitness, which we explained earlier, every, everyone's fitness is specific to them and their environment. If you're not turning up day in, day out and putting the work in, you're not moving in the right direction to your goal and your why. 
you're just going to keep stagnating. You're going to do one day, oh, can't make it the rest of this week, I'll just go next week. Oh, wait, I can't make next week, I'll just go the week after. And you just get back into this spiral, and it's like you might as well not exercise at all. We need regular stimulus and stress in order to adapt. And if you're not having that regular physiological stress, we're not able to adapt to those stresses, therefore we're not able to improve, get stronger, get fitter, and meet the demands of your environment. So consistency is the key, essentially. You have to be consistent and adhere to your program in order to adapt and get better and move closer towards your goal. It's it's, it's quite simple, really. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't like to downplay it. I mean, consistency is hard. Um, and this is why a lot of people struggle with it. Because like you said, it comes down to your priorities. If your priority is to have fun, then have fun. Exercise is not fun a lot of the time. It's hard work. But as we suggested, it can become enjoyable because it moves, moves you closer to your target. If your sole purpose is to have fun, go out with your friends more often, go bowling, go out on the Raz, have a few beers, watch the sport, eat a burger. That's fun. That's really enjoyable. Exercise is not. It's hard. It's it, Like I said, it's, it's stress. It's fatiguing. It can, make, it can make you sore. But these are the things that... let they're physiological markers that are letting you know that your body is responding and adapting to the task. So we have to experience these things in order to know that we are moving in the in the right direction. Unfortunately, it's just the way we are. And, and uh, for a lot of people, once they get sore, that's it for them. That they want to cut it off because they know that they're it's not for them, which is fine. So again, coming back to the point, it's your priority. So if your priority is to start a family spend time trying to start a family don't don't spend hours and hours in the gym where that could end up in relationship breakdown if you want, if you want to see the lads more go and see the lads more it's, it's write your list audit rank them one to however many things they are the things that are important to you in your life most important to least important and whatever they are fulfill those things that are going to meet those requirements don't don't think exercise is the key because for a lot of people it's not um although we recommend you do exercise in order to live a prosperous and healthy life um sometimes it's not for everyone and that's fine but you have to understand that and again it comes back to that goal setting that we talked about at the start finding your why why are you exercising like I said earlier, the, the only reason we we really have a job is because people have bad lifestyles, right? If you didn't have a bad lifestyle and you were active, i.e. you, it doesn't mean necessarily mean that you can't have an office job. You can still have an office job and be active. Let's say you, you came home, every, you walked to work, you walked home from work, and then when you got home, you were playing with the kids for two hours. Um, you maybe then went for another walk before you went to bed. Um, and uh, during that time, you were, or let's say at work, you were climbing all the stairs all day. Like there's strength, there's strength endurance work. Like, and then you have a good nutrition, you have uh, a good low stress. Like you don't need exercise. That's the only reason we have a job, is because of people. Uh, people have bad lifestyles, unfortunately, and, and we're all part of that. We are some of our parts of my lifestyle can definitely be better, um, but. 
come back to your point of it's priority. You've got to make sure priorities are aligned with your goals. Um, if they're not, you're going to have problems. Um, so I think that that should be a separate conversation on its own. Um, like you said, listing out your priorities, listing out your goals, and do they match up? And your behaviour will dictate your priorities, your true priorities, uh, as they are now. And so if you say, my goal is to lose weight, but for some reason every day you eat three Mars bars, then I'm sorry to say that your goal is, your priority is Mars bars or Mars bars, and it's not losing weight. Because if, if losing weight truly was your priority, you wouldn't be doing that. And what I found in the past is that those that truly have their goal as a priority are already doing the things they need to be doing before we have a conversation about it. So that, let's say we're going to use lose weight again. They want to lose weight, and previously they were in three Mars bars a day. By the time it comes around to us going, okay, what's the goal? What's the priority? They say, my goal is this. I've already stopped eating Mars bars. Awesome. Well, then that is that's your actions are proving that your goal really is your priority. Um, and it's when it's the other way around, they start to use it as a bit more of a fix, and it's a bit it's tougher. Um, there's a lot of behavioural issues in there, behavioural changes that need to happen. Um, the last one that we wanted to talk about is social media and conversely trusting in your coach, uh, whether that be us or someone else. Um, I think that social media is having both a positive and a negative impact, probably more so negative impact upon uh, people's health. Um, and that again leads to fad fitness and a misunderstanding, especially within the fitness world, there's so much information out there. And because we can only ever be 99% sure of something, uh, it really does lead to misunderstanding of research uh, or misinterpretation of it. Um, what's like extrapolation of a result from research. Again, hit as an example of that headline in the news taken from a study that some, a, a journalist has read hit what's the one um, maximum aerobic speed so I think it's three or four 30 second max effort sprints with three or four minutes rest in between improves cardio respiratory output by something like 30-40% awesome newspaper takes that and goes do 30 second max sprints every single day and you'll improve your fitness. And then a, a budding entrepreneur picks that up and goes, right, fitness program, 30 second max effort sprints. It takes like 20 minutes to do. doesn't take much time out of your day. Because we're like short term, awesome. We love that stuff. We hop right on it and we won't get off it until we start seeing more problems than we were originally experiencing. So since social media does have this tendency to sensationalise uh, solid research. And yes, maximum aerobic speed is a great strategy to improve cardiovascular, cardiovascular output for a peak in sport performance. So if you need to just gain that extra edge because out of all the work have you done, 
it's like like I was saying, it's a, it's you you've spent two years or four years that's using an Olympic cycle, putting all of this strength work in and this endurance work in, so that you're able to, to um, firstly express the highest level of intensity. And when I say the highest level, I mean Olympic level, world record holding level of intensity. Um, and you're able to recover from it without getting hurt. So Usain Bolt, for instance, what when he was it the uh, was the last Olympics he did? 2012 or whatever it was when he broke the world record, 100 meters, 958. Had spent the last uh, four years kind of working to that. He hadn't just got jumped in and gone, cool, I'm going to run 958. No, he's done a ton of work to be able to express that and to be able to run that without snapping. Because <laughs> We, I don't know if uh, you guys have done it when you're like because we're not necessarily conditioned for sprinting you, you put in a max effort sprint and you're like god pull the hamstring pull the hammy you're like yep but you, you have to do some conditioning before that before you can express it truly um, and by uh, what, some there, what's the word um, we are able to express it for survival reasons if we need it but there's going to be consequences. <laughs> There's reasons for that. Um, so we don't do it all the time. <laughs> Which is quite funny. Uh, it makes me laugh, actually. <laughs> but social media, it does uh, tend to sensationalise things. What's your thoughts, guys? Yeah. Um, I think now, because before social media, is only what you read in the newspapers, saw in the news, isn't it? And now with the dawn of social media and technology and everyone's got a smartphone, it's so easily accessible. I mean, anyone can create an account on social media these days and post whatever they want without any real repercussions. Um, apart from, you know, extremist behavior, uh, which may lead to getting blocked. Um, in terms of health and fitness and exercise material um people can post whatever they want um and people because a lot of people at the risk of sounding a bit condescending are sheep and believe everything they see in here um they will just run with it they'll take that line and they will run with it as far as they can because they think this is it this is everything because i've seen it online um and this guy looks in great shape so it must be correct um, and unfortunately it's just not the case like you said, there's a lot of misinformation out there. People are taking snippets of studies and extrapolating that information without giving all the variables that dictated the results of that study. So, um, for example, um, females can lose weight by doing uh, 30 minutes of steady-state aerobic activity. What were the conditions? What was the mode? Um, that, how old were these women? There's a lot of variables. Uh, that dictate the outcome and those results and they're just not given so when someone then tries to repeat that study a young female tries to repeat that study doesn't get any benefit why and it's because they didn't have all the information that was uh, that those results uh, came out of so it's yeah it's just a little bit too easy now for people to access information and also provide information um, and a lot of it being wrong information. Um, like I saw some videos online the other day, you know, when you, on your news feed on Instagram, based on what you've liked, and there's a video of, of a guy doing 
some bent over rows and he had a rounded uh, rounded shoulders and he had no tension in his lower back and he was just just a mess he looked like an arch um and that had over 2,000 likes so that's 2,000 people that have seen this and thought yeah that looks great i'm going to give that a go um and it's just so if you've got 2,000 people then trying to replicate that maybe even trying to replicate the same loads that this person was doing because this person looks in great shape so if i do the same loads and the same reps and the same form i'll look like that guy um it's it's scary, man, um, <laughs> like, and it's unfortunate. <laughs> even with what you said about like the variables that dictate the results of research studies, it comes back to you, you literally said that, like the individual nature of each participant in that study. So, what was their health? What was their age? What were their injury? What what's their previous training uh, history? What's their previous training age? All of these things play a factor and. Um, because social media is, again, it's about short-term gratification. It's very quick dopamine hits. Like these apps have been developed with the help of psychologists to the state they are now to create dopamine cycles that just cause addiction. Um, so when it comes to those sort of things, you, they need the headline. They don't want the they 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 place the headline out there because they know that your brain is going to, what's the word, accept the dopamine response rather than going, whoa, 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 I'm going to question that. They, nine times out of ten, they know that's going to happen. Um, and it comes back to the individual nature of training. And it, like Every person, yes, you might see results of following the same program as your uh, friend. Um, and let's say your friend is similar training age, similar training history, similar sporting background, similar social economic background, all of these sort of things, again, individual individualities, then yeah, you will see similar results. However, if your friend is someone from a completely different background, uh, completely different ethnicity, completely different um, socioeconomic state, completely different body type, you may see similar results in the start, maybe for the first couple of weeks, but then you're going to have a massive diversion and eventually you probably both stop that program and stop being training partners. <laughs> um, so yeah, it comes back to individual nature of it, of, of exercise in general. And I think that if you have a coach, you both have to have these conversations and come to your own decision. And I, I know that if, if a client says to me, I don't believe that this works, I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's have a look at it. If you don't believe that this works and you don't believe in this method, okay, then why don't you believe in it? Well, because I've read this. Okay, then what did that say? Let me have a look at it. Okay, well, let's go through this research study that you've read that had two participants. <laughs> it, um, it negated a lot of actual data that was needed to be in there and the results are falsified. Okay, I didn't need, know that. I didn't notice that. Okay, well, what do you want to do now? Well, let's, can we try this? Okay, yeah, we can try that. Um, but it, it's coming to a decision together. It's not, as a coach, it's not about just prescribing a list of results or a list of, list of exercises and then getting someone to do it. It's trying to work out what is best for that client um, and helping that client really trust in the program. And uh, I think it was Will that said earlier, trust in the process and enjoy the process. And if you're able to do that with a, a 
client by having a relationship with them, a professional relationship, then you will have a much more enjoyable fitness plan to follow. And you and no matter what it entails, whether so I program for Will that's anyone out there. Um, I programmed him like just seventy minutes of aerobic work on a Saturday. It's really easy to do. Right, there's very low complexity. There's very little reason he can't do that work. Quite boring. It's 60 minutes of 35 minutes of sitting on an assault bike at an easy pace and 35 minutes of rowing or 35 minutes of walking. Like not super, not what we would class as super enjoyable. You don't get a massive dopamine and cortisol response from it that our body loves and our brain loves um, and our personalities love. But the long-term effects of it, of six months of that, are are going to leave him in 10 years much better off less joint pain more able to recover from the activity he's actually doing um it's helping with weight management all of this sort of stuff but we've come to that kind of conclusion over what three years now we've been working together as a coaching client something like that we've come to that conclusion we both understand that that is necessary um, if you, but that's based on a, a, a relationship that we've built, a coaching relationship that we've built and are able to understand each other and, from my perspective, understand what, what Will's goals are and understand that the movements that I've, and lifestyle prescriptions that I prescribe are leading him towards that. He understands that and goes, cool, I'm working towards my goal. And I can't remember, someone said it, there's... Uh, there's not much more worthy than working towards um, a a worthy goal. Or well, I think it was like a, I can't remember who, who it was now. Um, but it's like that relationship matters, um, and trusting in your coach takes time. Uh, I know I've had <laughs> a lot of fight back from clients that I've taken on from a, on, in, a, in a in the start post, not the first two months. <clears throat> it's real shaky as to whether we're actually going to continue working together because my process has been very different to their process, but it takes time to get to know that. Um, it, relationships can't, despite what celebrity, what is it, celebrity dating or whatever it's called on, on E4 says, <laughs> a lot of relationships can't be built within the first hour of meeting someone. It takes time. It might take... Um, a couple of years for an actual relationship to form um, like truly and really get to know each other and then once that happens that's your coach and client for life like that is a that is a fulfilling relationship um, when it comes to exercise like you will get exactly what you need and exactly what you want at exactly the same time and that is when uh, that's fulfillment that's an, that's an awesome place to be um, yeah any points guys just about the trust in the process, I think all three of us have probably experienced it where you've had a, a call with a client and they say, oh, we should do more of this or why aren't we doing this? And when you give your explanation as to why and they just agree with it, they, they trust you. Yeah. When you give your reasons to why and then they try and disagree and keep saying they should put it in, okay, then maybe they don't trust as to why I believe it should be there or should be there. Um, and I've had that quite a few times and the reasons as to why I've said that they're not doing it mm-hmm. and accepted it and what 10 weeks later down the line when they kind of get to the end of that like mini cycle and they're okay I, I realise now I didn't need it and I'm in a better place for it 
okay, thank you for that. That is very rewarding to kind of realize that they do trust you and they're very appreciative of kind of why you prescribe the things you do. So that is trust. Yeah. And again, it takes time to build. But from a client's perspective, but I've, I've definitely been there with my coach, is that when I started on this cycle, he put me training three times a week. It killed me. Like, um, because I'm, I'm a little bit addicted to it, I can't help it. Like, I say a little bit, I'm a lot addicted to it. If I, if I don't have my fitness fix, um, I understand the long-term results, but if I don't move each day, I feel it. I don't feel right. I don't feel very nice myself. I don't feel um, happy myself. And I was training three times a week. And even considering I've got a degree, I've got multiple years experience, I still struggle with it. So it's, oh, but I didn't know the reason that he was doing it. And because we had only been working together for a short term, because I changed coaches for a short time, we didn't know how to communicate our position to each other. So it was like, okay, he literally said to me, look, you either trust in the process or you do one, essentially. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like, cool, I'm just going to try not to think about it. And then over time, when we had more and more consults, we eventually found a way where we, he was able to communicate his position. And it was from a position that I just didn't know about. Like, I, he, he's, he's very um, astute when it comes to functional medicine and functional diagnostics and functional nutrition um, and functional science and I'm, I'm not right and he, uh, he came at me with this like, piece of information I was like okay now I understand why you were doing it I can get that now and he asked me he was like, why couldn't you get it in the start I was like because I didn't know what you know and that frustrates me I, didn't know, I just didn't know the reason why some people don't need it I, I do and he was like, oh, right, so if I had told you that in the start, would it have helped? And I was like, most likely, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, okay, then, well, when it comes to a new cycle or if I'm doing something slightly different, let me know if you don't understand and I'll tell you as to why. Like, cool. Now we've worked out our system. That took, like, what, three months to get to that point, though, of consulting once every two weeks. And... But it, we've got this system where I can go, okay, I've got to stick my hand. If I don't understand something or I don't necessarily agree with something because my approach to a specific thing is different to his, doesn't mean we're both right or wrong. doesn't mean one's better than the other. It's just different. But he's got his reasons as to doing it based off his experience. I just don't know those. I probably can never know those. If I just get a glimpse into it, I can understand why. But the whole point comes back to building trust and going, okay, if after six weeks where I hadn't seen results, I actually got, I felt I got worse, but I've, my results had improved, but I just felt that I'd got worse. And he was like, well, you're, be, you're getting better. And I was like, yeah, but I feel worse because I'm used to training every day. And that was the whole thing. It was My perspective was out of line. And um, I didn't understand the reasons, but that took time, consulting every two weeks through conversation helped us figure out a system um, and how we can work together and, and that now like if he says do it I don't question it anymore like <laughs> or very rarely do I question it um, and if, if if I do I stick my hand up and say look I, I don't understand why we're doing it and it's frustrating me a little bit there's a signal to him he's like cool let's have a consult 
and we'll book it in. It might be only be 10 minutes and goes like, this is the reason why we're doing it. Here's the research. You can go and read it if you want. So like, no, right. Not that he needs to justify it, if that makes sense. Um, but for me as a client, I, I need to understand why I'm doing it a lot of the time um, so that I can trust in the process for the next year. Um, and since we've had that conversation, I haven't questioned anything. Because like, oh, okay, I, I didn't understand your experience and your level of knowledge and your approach to it. Now I understand your approach. I don't have to question the method. I won't question the method. I just, I just know I'm going to improve based off that and uh, it's, a, it's a much better relationship like six, seven months in now have you guys experienced anything like that? yeah, yeah. do you want to go first or not? Uh, no, you go <laughs> up for a little while so I don't hear your voice <laughs> oh, cheers mate um, yeah um... Bro, love <laughs> <laughs> romance um yeah, uh, I've had it with a couple of clients, um, and again, it comes back to social media a lot of the time. It's like, oh, I saw that this is really good for this, and like it's it was part of their goal, um, and one of the aspects out of a, the call of their goal, an umbrella, it was just one of those parts of the umbrella, it wasn't the whole picture, and they said, well, I've seen online that I need to be doing this in order to achieve this goal um, is that correct and I said what do you think and they said uh, well I think it must be correct because they've posted about it online so I said okay well I haven't seen this piece of information I haven't seen this video so would you mind if I went and watched it and then came back to you with my feedback and they said yeah cool so they sent me the link over I watched this video and no, well, no disrespect at all to the guy, but it was a piece of crap. <laughs> it was, it was absolute, yeah, it was absolute dog poo. Um, none of it was scientifically underpinned. It didn't make any sense, and it was contradicting physiological information. Um, we know that physiology cannot be cheated. We know that physiology is physiology. There's no way around it. It works in a sp very specific, and very efficient way, and in this guy's opinion um you could cheat that in order to encourage um more fat loss essentially is what it was um so i gave my opinion and then said asked my client what they thought about my opinion and they were a little bit upset with my opinion because they were they were fully invested in this in this video that they had seen so uh i asked um uh, i basically asked them like what do they think they wanted to do um, did they want to continue with my plan or did they want to continue and go off and do their own thing uh, I gave them the option because obviously they really wanted to do this thing they were quite heavily invested in it so they said they wanted to stick with me and just see what happens and I said okay uh, are you sure he said yes so I said cool um, but just to be clear we will not be doing this thing and this is going to be a long-term approach it's not going to happen within the next month and they said, yes, okay. Anyway, three months down the line, they've got their results. They feel happier within themselves. They're, they're in the place they wanted to be. And yeah, like they're, they're performing the best they've ever performed physiologically. Um, in terms of their job role, they're much more organized because we address some of the lifestyle habits as well around this specific physical goal that they wanted to achieve. 
and it's just a sustainable habit now so it's not a case of like oh i've got to do this and it's going to take time it's like they're there now so it's just they're enjoying the process of just being where they are and just uh and basically lapping it up and just really happy with themselves quite smug actually as well um so i also get smug back to say well it's all down to me isn't it <laughs> you've gone off done your own thing you, you might not be where you are now and they they accept that now and they realize that you can't believe everything you read online which is one of the most important things so it's yeah it's not necessarily calling their bluff but it's just being able having the confidence to back up the silence and back yourself up as a coach to um and invite them to make the decision don't make the decision for them by basically slating everything that they've read just ask their opinion on it uh, and have that conversation so I mean like I said have conversations you should have with your coach if you see something that you think is viable have that conversation with your coach ask your coach's opinion and if the, your coach is a good coach they will have an, an open and honest conversation about it they won't shy away from it and they won't just palm it off and they won't they won't just say no they will have that conversation about it 100% it, it's uh, I, I want to try and give a balanced <coughs> balanced podcast it's easy for us to sound like we're preaching um, but I, I can definitely understand the client's perspective as I've been there if you've got a, if you've got a goal that means everything to you you will want you are willing to do anything and you, you are willing to you want to get there as fast as you possibly can I have completely understand that and completely experience that all the time and but we, we do have to understand that oftentimes what we see on social media um, isn't an accurate perception or perception that word, or uh, description of what's really happening. Um, if that's from like politics these days or from sport, whatever it is, it's not always a true representation of what's really occurring. Um, and I know that, like, again, uh, speaking from experience, like you see something, you see the video, and you're like, wow, that guy's got and immediately. That guy's got great responses. Immediately, you think, I want some of that. I need some of that because if I do that, I do a little bit more and that moves me towards my goal. But unfortunately, when it comes to physiology, more doesn't mean better. As you said, you can't cheat physiology. It takes nine months to make a baby. Um, we, we can't change that. Um, like it's, It is what it is. And we just have to understand that. <laughs> and we have to try and override our immediate response, take a step back, um, in the army we used to call it a condor moment you take a step back and go okay what's actually happening um, what are the variables what what are the external sources that are influencing this decision of me wanting to go into it again through social media like the decisions you make about purchases on social media aren't, aren't uh, they're not what's the word spontaneous decisions like they, they, those, those messages have been planted in you. When you're scrolling, when you scroll and you stop on a, a random post, Facebook, for instance, will collect the amount of time that you spend on that post and then feed you more posts similar to that. And over the course of time, will influence, will aid in influencing your decision. Um, that is the whole problem with uh, Cambridge Analytica. It's what they were doing. They were collecting 5,000 odd data points on you and then influencing your decision about um, your, your voting preferences by filling your media full of a certain type of media. Again, you can't help, a lot of the time we can't help that. It's, 
it's the argument against free will, like, and that we don't have control over it. It's, um, it, it's these our brains have made decisions about, for instance, what we're going to say before we've even said it, and we can't. We have no idea that that's happening in, the, in our the deepest recesses of our mind. Um, these chemical reactions are being put together to make these words come out of my mouth as I now speak them, before I even know I'm going to say them. So it's a weird thing, uh, and that's pretty much proven. Um, so yeah, like I, I completely agree with what you just said there. Um, Will you were, you were going to say something for for um, we went into the bro love? I just don't know what it was to be honest. <laughs> Couldn't be that important, but I think it was like, um, probably on. just about um, how I've experienced this when clients have come they've got to a certain level by themselves or doing another program. They usually get injured. And that's when they end up coming to us. They go, oh, I want to get back to this level. Obviously, I don't want to be in the want to get there. Mm-hmm. But I okay, well, how did you get there? And they tell you how they got there, and they were doing all these certain things. And they're like, okay, as a, and as a coach, you kind of analyze and realize it's not quite appropriate. And you give them the program, you explain what they're going to do. And they're like, okay, okay so when am I going to do this stuff? Like, well, that will come. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to be injured, you have to do this stuff first. If you kind of trust me to get to that point about injury, you're probably not going to actually do the stuff you want for a little while. And if they accept that they can't do the things that they enjoy, so one client who's powerlifting stuff, he didn't uh, back squat, deadlift or bench press for 12 weeks when he first came to me. And of any variants, apart from like dumbbells, he was like, okay, I trust that you can get me back there, so I will do this other stuff and not do the movements that I enjoy until you tell me to. Now he's at a point he can lift more, he's not injured, he's enjoying his training more, he doesn't have to like train as many times per week with such intensity. So now he's just enjoying his training more because it's not hard, but he's getting the same level of results. Yeah. All because he, he trusted someone that he never met just because they kind of explained what they were going to do. But just an explanation is all it can take to have someone trust you. And that's quite big, and that's what they don't get from social media, is the explanation as to why that person is doing a certain thing or how they got there. So I'll use that example of like the CrossFit Games just happened. A guy, Matt Fraser, cleaned 380 pounds. People see that video and go, oh, he does CrossFit, and now he's that strong. Actually, no, he's been weightlifting since he was 12 and been doing CrossFit for like eight years now. That's how he's that strong. And if he explained to you how he could lift that much, you probably won't enjoy how he got there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hard daily hard work. I think again, using CrossFit as an example, they put a video of Rich Fronin. So for those that are listening, Rich Fronin won the CrossFit Games four times in a row. He's like the he was the poster boy of CrossFit at one point, and probably still is. Um, he was one of Reebok's highest paid athletes, highest sponsored athletes, like very successful in his field. Um, and he put a they did a documentary on him. And they're like, well, it was, he was pre-season, essentially. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do? And he's like, oh, I'm going to go out uh, dragging a sled. And they're like, oh, okay, how, what are you doing? Like, you, 30 seconds of work? He's like, no, I'm going out for four hours. And they were like, um, okay. Then he had a couple of similar instances um, in his training. He's like, yeah, I'm doing five sets of five back squat today, uh, like 85% of my max. And then the next day, it was like five sets of five front squat and... And no real high intensity as such. And uh, that documentary got taken down. 
because of all the comments. They did a similar one with a guy called Miko Salo, who was like, I need to improve my aerobic like conditioning. And he did, I think it was like an hour and a half of, in, um, it was like three minutes on the ski erg, three minutes on the rower, three minutes on an assault bike, and three minutes of jogging, all at a really easy pace, just for like 90 minutes. <laughs> and that was his workout, whereas CrossFit model is short, high intense workouts, um, or what they, what they portray it to be. If you read the original documentation that the founder of CrossFit um, put together, or the, the inventor of it, it does say that you need to do those things. But the sellable side of it, like you can't sell 90 minutes of steady state aerobic work unless you're training for a marathon. And even then, that's hard to sell. Um, but eventually you recognise that that stuff is needed, especially if you want to take it into a performance realm. Um, even if you don't, it, there, there are absolutely awesome benefits. Like there's people from like the early 90s that were doing, before HIT CrossFit came about and HIT came about, like if we were to now say to, to um, your manager, oh, I want to do a class where we're launching barbells about, we're doing pull-ups really fast, we do it all for time, they'd have been like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you ain't allowed in this gym anymore. It was about bodybuilding and steady state aerobic work. And there's a lot of people from the early 90s that are doing really well right now. They may be in their 50s and they're doing great maybe older, 70s and 80s, and they're doing awesome. Look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, for instance. Bodybuilding, steady-state aerobic work. Yes, there probably was some extra help in there from um, uh, pharmaceuticals that should not be named. Um, but, and yeah, he took it to a performance realm, but in the, the day he was doing resistance training and aerobic work. Aerobic work made... Say again? still does that to this day he still goes and does resistance training and it's on aerobic bike he has a thing when he goes to a new city he goes for like an hour bike ride around the city exactly um, what is it Sylvester Stallone he's what 80 I think he's just had his like 82nd birthday he looks in his 60s and 60s well past the spaces I think yeah he's had some work done <laughs> <laughs> but his training is yeah, the point is he's still moving at eight or eighty odd years old. Like he's still training, still making films, still running not making like films where he sat down in a chair without being old. He's making action films. Yeah. Like doing some of the stunts himself. Like that's there's a lot to be said and, and I wanna make the distinction between body of bodybuilding. Uh, bodybuilding for aesthetics to what we mean as bodybuilding, we mean like building the structures of your body not necessarily building it for aesthetic competitions and they're, they're two very different things again it's the sport side of it versus the health side of it and so i think it's important to understand that you, you, as a beginner we're not going to have you bicep curling unless that's specific to your fitness um you'll be doing basic movement patterns that build the base of support so that eventually you can isolate movements and isolate muscles um, but i think like we're, we're an hour and 10 minutes in now i think it's a good time to um, stop. We thought this is going to be like a 20 minute one. <laughs> but the conversations you should have with your coach, understand the intent behind why you're utilizing fitness, or understand the intent behind fitness and the use of it. Understand why you're exercising, why you might think it should fit, uh, would help with your current position, current problems. 
why consistency matters and understanding the external influences and trusting your coach and understanding that understanding social media and its, its um, input into your decision making process and be a bit critical about it um, so yeah hope you've all enjoyed that one of our longer ones today uh, we will be back next week as always on a Monday um, 8 o'clock release make sure you subscribe make sure you set up your notifications so that when we do release the podcast you are notified um, and make sure to share it make sure if you can give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or um, Spotify that would be great and if you're interested in getting in touch then you already have our details info at base.training drop us an email um, yeah have a good day enjoy it peace out <laughs>